Trying to buy a home in a market with low inventory? Here's some things you need to know to be competitive in this market. Hello, I'm Matt Farnham. Welcome back to Real Life at Level 10, where I discuss insights of real estate leadership and personal growth. So one major factor we see all across the country right now in real estate is low inventory. So many of you know I'm in Las Vegas, Henderson area, Southern Nevada, and we are no stranger to low inventory. We've actually had low inventory for uh, a number of years consecutively now, but pretty much the whole country is facing this uh, epidemic almost of low inventory, a housing shortage. And what does it do for buyers? It makes it very competitive and sometimes can be a bit stressful looking for the right home, but being competitive when you find it. So what are some things that you can do as a buyer in a market with low inventory to make yourself more competitive and more successful to get the home that you really want? So first of all, you know, let me just kind of get something out of the way for cash buyers. A lot of cash buyers believe cash is king and cash is king. Cash is amazing. It puts you at a big advantage when you're buying a home. It's not contingent on appraisal. It's not contingent on financing typically. Uh, those things make your offer much stronger, but please don't be misled that cash, sometimes the advantage is getting your offer accepted, not necessarily getting the discount. A lot of people with cash think that you're entitled to get a discount on the home. Well, if there's two or three or four other offers on a property, you might not get the home for less money. You just might get that offer accepted compared to the one that has to get an appraisal done or some financing done. So again, some markets you're at a huge advantage and will probably get a discount with it, but not every market, okay? Moving on to your finance buyers, which is probably the bulk of buyers who are out there house shopping. There's really three major things when it comes to thinking how you're gonna negotiate or present that offer. Uh, there's the contingencies, there's concessions, and then of course the other terms of your offer. Now keep in mind, price is just one factor of your offer. Now it's a big factor, of course, most sellers are interested in the highest price they can get, but that's only one factor. There's a lot of other things about your offer that are gonna be considered by the seller and listing agent uh, when it comes to reviewing your offer against others that might be out there. So first, let's talk about contingencies. Uh, if you have a home sale contingency, if you need to sell your existing home to buy your next home, and you're in a market with low inventory that's competitive, it could be challenging. Now remember, we talked about in past episodes, there's a big difference between being contingent upon your home selling that is not yet sold versus contingent upon your home closing because it's already in escrow and you can prove to the seller that you've already sold it, big difference. And then how you present the timeframes with that as well is a big deal as well. Are you only two weeks away from closing on your home sale? Is it still 30 days out and the inspections and appraisals still need to take place on that home sale? There's a lot of different factors there that you need to get with a professional. Think about how you're gonna structure and present that aspect of your offer to ask for as few contingencies as possible. And those that you do ask for, try and minimize those timelines as much as you can. The next major factor is concessions. Concessions could be a lot of different things, but the number one most obvious would be, are you a buyer asking for the seller to pay for your closing costs? Okay, now this is a, a pretty easy concept to understand, but a lot of buyers, let's say a home is $400,000. Uh, they might say, seller, I'll give you $400,000 for your home, but I would love for you to pay five, six, seven thousand $7,000 of my closing costs for me. Essentially, you're trying to leverage, you know, that keep that cash in your bank 
and maybe I'll even pay you $405,000 for your home if you'll pay $5,000 in closing costs for me. So it's kind of a net $400,000 offer to the seller, but it keeps $5,000 more in your pocket as a buyer. So that's good and great in a, in a market with, with a good amount of inventory. In a market with low inventory, that's challenging because if you're competing with other buyers not asking for those concessions, you're going to be at a disadvantage. And you might think, well, yeah, but if I raise the sales price to 405, it's the same to the seller. Not really, because now the home has to appraise at 405 for them to get that 400 net offer. So one thing you could think to do is get with your lender and see if they offer premium pricing. Premium pricing is something that a lot of lenders do now where they can actually hike the interest rate up like maybe an eighth of a point, quarter of a point higher, you know, something like that. But they can give you a lender credit to go towards your closing costs instead of you having to ask the seller for it. All right. The third thing would be the terms. Again, there's so many other things about your offer than just the price. There's your timelines. There are, uh, you know, how many days do you need for appraisal? How many days do you need for loan contingency and for closing? Make sure you're working with a lender partner who can offer a, a, you know, aggressive dates for you to be more competitive. Uh, there's things that you can do to improve your offer, improve the net to the seller that don't require raising the sales price, which means requires a higher appraised value to come in to successfully get the seller that money. So who's paying for real property transfer tax? Who's paying for the owner's title insurance policy? HOA transfer fees, home warranty, these types of things Typically paid for by a seller, yes, but if a buyer were to offer to pay for some of those things, it would be a way to really stand out in your offer to increase that net to the seller a little bit compared to what the other offers are probably doing. Uh, maybe there's some things in the offer that you can accommodate for the seller. Maybe they would really like uh, two, three, four weeks in the home after closing so they have time to move or find their next home. Those ty types of accommodations can go a really long way in a competitive market with low inventory as well. So a lot of information here. There's so much more we could talk about. Uh, but the most important thing is, is make sure you're working with a professional to really guide you through this process, especially with low inventory, to put you in the most advantageous position possible. So hope you found some value in this content. Please share it with anybody that you know walking through this type of uh, transition themselves right now. Uh, please follow and subscribe to this content on YouTube, on iTunes, and Google Play. I'd love to get your questions and feedback. We can use that for future episodes as well. So this is real life at level 10. So whatever it is that you're doing or walking through, remember, do it at a level 10 and live with the results.